Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. started and again thank you all because what we're celebrating today is not what I've done not what anyone has done is what we have done and God has done it through us right and so we're celebrating that today and so what I'd like to begin is to uh, as I begin this message I want to talk to you about uh, a guy in the Bible by the name of Moses and again if you're not familiar with who he is if you've ever watched the movie the Ten Commandments and you see the guy stretching out a stick toward the red toward the sea and it opening up well, that's the guy. His name is Moses. And God used him, and God parted the waters of a sea. And so Moses was used by God to take his people out of captivity, out of Egypt. They had been slaves there. And God used Moses to lead them out, lead them across a, a sea where it divided, dry ground, and then they went into the desert. But God had promised them that I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some, some land. It's called the promised land. And it's where the area of Israel is now. He's, but the only thing that was separating them from that land was a big river. It was called the Jordan River, and it was at flood stage. And so Moses has led them all the way up to that point. But guess what? It was time for Moses to leave. But the good news is this, is that God always believes in the next generation. Amen? He doesn't give up on the next generation. And so Moses had had this guy that he'd been training. His name was Joshua, who was younger than Moses. And so he'd been pouring into him. And so Moses, when they get to that river, goes up on a mountain and uh, he dies. And so now everything is in, at Joshua's hands. You've got to cross this river and get them into the promised land. And so when he begins to do that, he has seen the favor of God on Moses' life. And Joshua's a little nervous because he's afraid that maybe, you know, he doesn't have what it takes. And so God begins to, to speak to Joshua. And I think that what God said to Joshua, he wants to say to us today in this room about our journey as well. And so I want to talk to you today about how to live in the favor of God because that's exactly what Moses did and that's what it takes to get to where you want to go is the favor of God. All right? So let's go and get started. Number one, would you write this down? To live in the favor of God, number one is this, is hold to the promise of God. Hold to the promise of God. Again, Joshua now, God is saying, okay, You've been whining about Moses. You've been uh, mourning because Moses is gone. Now it's time to lead these people. And I want you to lead them across this river into the promised land. And here's what God begins to say to him. Look what he says. He says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. Let's read what's on the line. You ready? Come on. As I promised Moses. As I promised Moses. And so what I want you to know is that, is that Joshua was living out a promise that was given in a previous generation. In other words... God had promised Moses, he had promised a guy named Abraham, but even before that, and he had promised Moses that we're going to, my people will have their own place, their own land. And so he was living, he was helping them live out a promise that had been given a long time ago by a previous generation. And so I want to tell you a little bit of our church, how we got to this point, is that, you know what, we are here because a group of people years ago started a church in Forest Park. And they began to, to, you know, do whatever it takes to try to reach people. And the, and the church began to grow. It became a church. 
And so, uh, matter of fact, one of the, the pastor that I followed uh, in 24 years ago is here. Matter of fact, I called him. Uh, Jeff, would you just stand up so everybody can see who you are? I saw him here somewhere. There he is right there, Jeff Watkins. My anniversary, 24-year anniversary, was this Tuesday. I called Jeff up. I said, Jeff, you know it's your anniversary. He said, what do you mean? I said, 24 years ago, you said, take this job and shove it. <laughs> we laughed a lot about that. But anyways, before he even got there, these group of people began to this church in 1978. And what I want you to know is that this church has always believed in the next generation. Jeff was a young man when he went, but they really believed in the next generation when I showed up because when I come in and showed up and they interviewed me and they decided to take me as a pastor, Rhonda and I were 26 years old. 26 years old. Now, if you're, if, if you're 26 years old, you think, man, well, that's pretty cool. But from my seat and looking back now, I realized that I was a young kid. I mean, like I knew nothing at 26 about pastoring people, especially pastoring your grandparents, right? Because the majority of people at that time were senior adults. And so it was like they were old enough to be my grandparent or my great-grandparent. And you know what they called me? They called me Brother Jeff. Brother Jeff. And they did that to, you know, to make me feel like I was special. I was like, yes, I am the Holy One. I am the Holy One. You know, when you're 26 years old, you know, yes. But, but when I met uh, this guy named Harold Adams, who was one of the founding people of, our, of this church. He's like 93 now, and he couldn't be here. But Harold, he told me when I first got there, he said, I want to tell you, Brother Jeff, he said, what this is all about is about love, and it's about winning souls. It's about winning people to Jesus Christ. That's what our church is about. And they believed that from the very beginning. So I just want to tell you that everything that we do is not because of me. It was because the, the groundwork was laid long time before I got here. And so I'm standing on a lot of people's shoulders as well. So they said we would do anything to win. He said we should do anything to win people to Christ. And so they would go door to door. And like back in the day, and they'd knock on people's doors. And he said one, Sunday, uh, one Saturday they was out doing that, uh, greeting people and, and knocking on their door. He said they went into this yard. And a big dog come around. It was, rawr, 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 you know, just growling. And, and about that time, the owner come around the corner and said, he'll bite you. And it was too late. Uh, Brother Adams said that dog was going, he was going, rawr, rawr, and his mouth wide open. And said he come right down to his leg. And right when he got to his leg, he, said he, he felt something hit his, hit his leg. And it hit his leg again. But he, here he knew it. It hit his leg again. He said, God gave that dog lockjaw. We got a big God, don't we? Isn't that awesome? He said he couldn't bark, he couldn't bite, he couldn't do anything else. You know why? Because God's favor has always been on this church, amen? And when we're doing God's work, we can expect God's blessings, amen? Isn't that awesome? And so today, I want to tell you that we're here on this journey today because our church is built on faith. And so I want to say this, and, and doing everything that we can to reach people, and so I would be amiss today if I did not tell you that, that uh, there's a set of cards inside of your program next week's Easter. It's Super Bowl Sunday and Super Bowl Friday and Super Bowl Saturday here. And we want you to invite your friends to come. Why? Because we have the same spirit that God gave our, our founders is that we believe that we should love people and love God and, and reach out to many lost people as possible. Amen? Amen. And so, so we want you to invite them. So on your connection card, if you'll do this, if you would just check the box, it says, I will do my best to invite someone to an Easter service at SEC. And we want to pray for you that God's going to help you do that. 
There's nothing greater than being a part of someone coming to Jesus Christ. And so let me just, so, so we see the first thing is this, is that you have to hold to the promise of God. And that group of people that met in Forest Park years ago that, that established this church had a dream. And that God has spoken to them that they were going to reach, uh, they were going to be able to reach people and especially the next generation. And they never gave up on that. You know what, to be honest with you, if I was sitting in that group of people and this 26-year-old guy showed up and his, his wife and little baby showed up, I'd be like, I'm sorry, but you're not the guy. I would have done that. But guess what? God had a plan. You know, what they didn't know is what they got, once they got me, they'd never get rid of me. Isn't that right? Isn't that awesome? Yeah, I just stuck like Chuck, right? You know, that's what I said. No, no, I am like super glue. I am going nowhere. And for 24 years, we've had God's favor on our church. And I just thank God for that and before that. Number two, as you write this down, the second thing, if we want God's favor on our life, is that we must trust God with the impossible. We must trust God with the impossible. Oh, my goodness. Joshua, again, feeling this pressure that he needed, he had to lead now, and then again, scared to death. If Moses is gone. What is he going to do? But God has confidence in the next generation. Look what he says to Joshua. God said this. Would you read with me what's underlined? Let's emphasize the last word of this underlined. You ready? Come on, let's read it. Be strong and courageous. courageous. Doesn't that make you courageous? I mean, it's sort of like racing an engine on a car. Courageous, you know. I mean, it's like revving you up. Be strong and courageous. He goes on to say this. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to who? Their forefathers. To give them. And I believe that's what the journey that we're on today is that we're leading this generation and the next generation to inherit what God gave our forefathers. He gave them that vision a long, long time ago. And so today, when you look at that word, the word courageous that I had you say out loud, that word doesn't, you know, most people think, well, if I'm courageous, that means I'm not scared. Let me tell you something, that's not true. Courageous does not mean you're not scared. Courageous means that you have to move in spite of your fear. Amen? I mean, life is, you have to be courageous to live because some people want to say, well, I want, to, I want my life to be where I have no problems and I have no fears and I have no failures. Let me tell you something, that doesn't exist. That's called heaven and we're not there and you're never going to have it on this earth, amen? So what we have to have is being courageous. We have to have courage. And God says, he told Joshua, I want you to be strong and I want you to be, uh, be, uh, have courage, be courageous. In other words, it doesn't matter what comes your way, you can actually overcome that with me. And see, we learned that because in our church, in 1997, we'd, we'd been in that uh, building in Forest Park that Pastor Jeff had actually added on to. They went through a building program, added on in Forest Park. But in 97, we began to outgrow that. And so our congregation had grown up to about 130 people. And we were excited. So we said, God, we've got to do something. Well, that that property uh, that we had in Forest Park was only a 1.8 acres of property. We didn't have anywhere to go. So we went to this building that you're seeing now behind me. It's a building in Rex. We found there was a congregation there that was part of our denominational structure that ran about 35 people, and they had a small congregation with a big building. And we had a larger congregation with a small building. And so we actually decided that we would ask him, could we merge with them? And everybody told us, no, you can't. It won't work. It will not work. It's impossible. But let me just tell you something. All things are possible with God. Amen. There is no impossibility with God. I don't care what you're going through right now that you think will never get better. It can never happen. Let me just tell you something. Change your stinking thinking. Amen? Because with God, all things are possible. And so, sure enough, we made that move uh, into Rex. And when we got there, I met a, a, a special couple that was a part of that church. 
Uh, it was Ralph and Minnie Wyatt. They were, they were, uh, they had been retired, they were retired school teachers, and it was so exciting. This, uh, they were just, they were in their mid-80s, but I'm telling you, Miss Minnie was, I think she was 13 inside. I mean, she had energy, she just, you know, she wasn't old and grumpy, she was full of life and, and just cheer, you know, she's an encourager, and I just want to tell you, those people in that day at that church, we saw a side of uh, Miss Minnie that nobody else ever saw, and I mean, she just really showed herself. And I mean that in a literal way. One Sunday at the end of our service, we were playing the music, you know, and she was standing down front, you know, here, and, and, she, and the music began to play, and she started moving to the beat. Mmm, she said. And then when she did, about that fourth time, her pants fell right to the ground. And that was bad. That was bad. I mean, that was hilarious and bad, right? And, and then she went like this. Mmm, and left her pants right over there. You know, I thought that day, I didn't know her that well, and I thought that day she'll never be back to this church. So she come back in the next Sunday. She was smiling, come give me a big hug, because I started laughing. I couldn't help it. What would you do? I was going, mm, Lord. <laughs> I started, I couldn't help it. I mean, it just was the funniest thing I ever saw in my life, you know. I couldn't help it. And so, uh, so anyways, I didn't have enough nerve at that time to talk to her about it. But uh, years later, you know, her husband had passed away, and I was able to, I did that service. And then uh, years later, I, about a year before she passed away, I finally got enough nervous. And I said, Miss Minnie, do you remember the day your, church, uh, your pants fell off at church? She said, oh, pastor, I sure do. <laughs> and we just had a big uh, a cackle about that and laugh. It was amazing, amazing, amazing. But, but what I want to tell you is this, is that our church began to grow again. We were landlocked again. And so at Rex, we had nowhere that we couldn't build again. We thought that would be it, but again, we could not build because of wetland. And so we started the journey again. We had to be strong and courageous. Remember what courage is? It's moving in spite of fear. And so we, had, we hadn't even been in this church but four years, and now it was time to move again. And so we actually bought this property in 2000 that we're on right now, and we had to make another move into the middle school. And everybody told me then that, oh, you don't never make it, you know, you can't have church in a school. It's just not church. And, and, and you know what? But I'm telling you, for every, for every naysayer, God's got, you can do all things through Christ. Amen? Amen? And it wasn't about me anyways. It's never been about me and it's never been about us. It's, all, it's not been about what we can do. It's about what God can do. Amen? Amen. And, and so we moved into that middle school. But I want to tell you, we started this building program and it was very difficult. It was hard. It was difficult to do. I didn't have a person like the Jack Lawrence, I told you, uh, that has helped us with this project. I didn't have that. And it was very difficult. And Miss Minnie would call me. And she was one of those kind of people that when she called, uh, you, picked, you made sure to pick up the phone. If she left, you know, back in the day, we didn't have, we didn't have the uh, cell phones. And so if somebody gave me the message that she called, I made sure to call her right back. Because every time she called me, she would say, she would encourage me, but she would say, Pastor, I've been praying and God is saying this to me. And every time she would say that, it would be something that would be going on in my life. And she would speak right to that and give me the encouragement that God's got it. And I, so I'm like, you are directly connected to God. I was like, is there anything else God is telling you? I mean, she was that connected. But this is one of the things that she said to me that so moved me. When we moved to this, when we just had moved to this property right before she passed away. And she called me and she said, Pastor Jeff, I want to tell you something. She said, I want you to know that I saw a vision last night, and God showed me that church with hundreds of people, 
And she said, you know what, Pastor Jeff? She said, a lot of them are going to look just like me. Miss Minnie and Mr. Ralph was the first African-American couple that ever attended SEC. And you know what I say today? Look what God has done. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our church is for everybody. You know, it doesn't matter your skin color, your bank account, what you drive, what you live in, that we are here for people. Amen? Amen. And we are a church that loves everybody. And God is bringing that to pass as we sit here today. And I'm so excited about what God is doing. You see, what I want to tell you before I move off of this is, is this, is that you have to believe God for the impossible. Moses, when he was leading the children of Israel, you know, to the, to the Red Sea, he got to the Red Sea and he didn't know what to do. He said, God, what are we going to do? God said, raise your staff up, raise the stick up. And he did, he raised it up and pointed toward the sea and God parted the sea and the people got to walk over. Well, now Joshua, Joshua's at this river, it's flood stage and God says, you got to go over it. And Joshua said, what do I do? And this time, God didn't tell him to, to raise his hands up or raise his stick up. You know what God told him to do? He said, I want you to walk. I want you to take a step into the water. I want you to go into the water. And let me just tell you something. When Joshua stepped into that water and the priest stepped into that water, as soon as he did, guess what? The river backed up. And all of a sudden, the ground dried up right before him. But what I want to tell you is this, is that God did not back the water up until he took a step into the water. And he thought, maybe I might drown. The river's flowing high. I may go under. But the moment that you step into what God wants you to do is the very moment that God shows up. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Oh, listen. Listen today, you've got, to hear, you've got to hear what I'm saying, is that some of you are sitting back and you're waiting for God to do something, and God say, no, you've got to be courageous, you've got to make a move first, you've got to put your foot in the water, and when you put your foot in the water, you'll see God move, when you, when you take that step in the direction that God wants you to go, and we're sitting here today, you know why? Because we made moves, we've been, listen, there's times we've been scared to death, been many sleepless nights, and many times of anxiety, but what we found out is that as scared as we may be, if we'll just keep moving in the direction of God, He always shows up. Amen? He always shows up. God is always shows up. Do you believe that? Do you believe? God always shows up. And so the third thing I'd like to share with you is this. If we're going to live in the favor of God, is say I will to whatever God is asking of you. Say I will whatever God is asking of you. That's what Joshua had to do. Look what the promise was again. He says in Joshua 1 and 9, God says this to, uh, to Joshua. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. Do not be terrified. Do not be, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will never show up. He'll never be there. He'll just see you drowned. Is that what it says? Why are you looking at me like that? What's wrong? Isn't that the way we live sometimes? We rewrite the scripture, don't we? We say we say what we we speak to the uh, the scripture out of our fear, but that's not what the Bible says. Look what he says. He said, "For the Lord your God will what? Will be with you wherever you go. He'll be with you wherever you go. That's a promise of God. He'll be with you wherever you go." You see, many times when we have discouraging things come our way, we feel like that God is not with us, right? 
I mean, when, when things are not going your way, when difficulties come in, when sickness hits your body, when, when you've got a relationship crisis in your marriage or with your children, with your parents or with a coworker, and things are so difficult, we think God's a million miles away. But I'm here to tell you, in your most difficult moment, in the moment of your most discouraged and you, you feel like just giving up on life and quitting altogether, I'm telling you, there's an almighty God that's watching every step you take. He sees every tear you shed at night. He's seen every cry, every tear. He's seen every uh, anxiety that you've had. God Almighty has never left you, and He never will leave you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I think I just may preach this morning because I'm so excited, you know, because 2015 come, and again, it's decision day. 2015, we realized that, okay, we got to... We're, we're not reaching the potential to reach our next generation. You know, today, a day like it's raining, you know, outside. And if you come a couple, matter of fact, a year ago, you would have got drenched trying to get out of your car. We didn't have the drive-thru. So we realized that young mothers, uh, young mothers and young families could not come on rainy days because they would get drenched getting their children out of, out of the car. And so we said, we've got to address that issue. And then we said, you know what? Our church is not very uh, inviting to people that have a disability. And so uh, we said, we got to address that issue. And by the way, our elevator will be in in the middle of May. It's, they already got the shaft built. Hallelujah. <laughs> it, was, it was back ordered, and, and so it'll be here in, in May. And then we said, you know what? We need, we, need, uh, uh, we need to recognize that there's people in our community that have children that uh, have a, a special need, and they can't just function in a regular church environment, uh, kids' church environment. And so at that point, we created a ministry called Gravity here that, that just focuses on kids with special needs. And, and because of your generosity, they're, they're, they have their two own special rooms for that. And so we're so excited about that. But, but we realized that, and we realized that we had to have more seats. You've you got to understand, before, our church was as wide as these two rows here. I mean, that's all it was. And so we said we've got to have more seats uh, because we realized that every seat tells a story that you have a story and I have a story and there's people that God wants, wants us to reach so we, we provided more seats and we needed to provide more seats but here's the deal because I had such a bad experience in the first building program I wouldn't do it I would run from it anytime anybody mentioned something to me I would try to go the other direction because I, I just didn't want to hear it and so Rhonda and I took a sabbatical in, in 2015 that summer and I was tired and I was even debating I've been here 20 years and I'm like God I don't know if I should, I don't even know if, if I should be the pastor anymore. I mean, I was like, we sort of hit a wall, and I was just sort of tired. And so we went on this sabbatical, and we were sitting in a house in Hiawassee, Georgia, and I, you know, I would read my Bible every day, and I, I had that plan, I, I, I got my Bible, and I started reading it, but God started talking to me. I'm like, God, I don't want to hear from you right now. I want to just rest, okay? I don't want to talk about nothing. I just want, I'm going to read your word because I'm supposed to, but I, I just don't want, I don't want you talking to me right now. I mean, I just felt that way. But you know what? God, right there on the back porch in that swing, looking over that lake, God began to speak to me. And he began to tell me that I've got greater things for that church than where, where you're at right now. You're, you're only at the beginning of what I want to do. And he said, so either you're going to go back and you're going you're to listen to me and you're going to lead this church to, to expand that you can be a light in this community or either it's time for you to go. You have to pack your bags and go because my plan will go on with or without you. That's what God said. And so I come back. I talked to Rhonda after that and I said, Rhonda, 
God's spoken to me. She said, what did you say? What did he say? And I said, he told me that either we got to go back and build or, or we got to go. She said, I guess you better get your building clothes on. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? She said, I ain't going nowhere. That's what she said. And, and so, listen, we begin to come back and, and begin to talk about that. And you know what? We begin to talk about, okay, what do we need to do to reach the next generation? And, man, I, we have story after story of how God showed up. But we decided this. We said, you know what? We said, we have to raise funds. And why are we raising funds? Why should we do that? What should we call this initiative? And we called it the I Will Initiative because the thing that's made SEC great is we've always been willing to say I will to God. When God says, who will go? We say, I will. Who will do this for me? We say, I will. We've, been, we've, been, we've done all kinds of crazy things for God because every time that God asks us to do something, the answer is always I will, right? I will do it. And because of your generosity and because of your giving and because of your kindness, those of you that were part of that, is that we're here today in this beautiful building and it's our children, they have uh, space back there, our students have space and, and we've been able to do all of this and it's not what we've done, uh, it's not what I've done or you've done, it's what we've done and God has blessed us and God has moved among us, amen? amen. And I'm so proud to be your pastor. Amen. I want to tell you, the thing that concerns me today is this, is that we may think this is it, that there's no more. But let me tell you something of what God has showed me. This is, we're only a tenth of what God showed me, is that we got, we, there's a lot more souls to see saved. There's a lot more of our children to come home, amen? And we're not giving up on them. There's a lot more. And so we're going to continue to reach out, and we're going to continue to reach to them, the next generation. And so we're here today. And as I look around today and as I look at you and I look at all of this is done, and again, I'm an emotional wreck. Just forgive me. I'm telling you, I'm just messed up. I'm tore up from the floor up. <laughs> I'm just jacked up. I'm just messed up. But I want to tell you something. As I look at this today, as I walked in today, you know, with everything that's, that's happened and, and just seeing God's hand, I just said this, would you look at God? Would you look what God has done? There is no way. Do you realize that God helped us raise over $1.3 million in our two-and-a-half period? Do you understand that? Above our tithe and offerings, it was God all the way, all the way. It was God all the way. And today I'm excited. And today I'd like you to help me dedicate this building to God. Would you do that? Would you help me do that? So what I want you to do is I'd like for you to stand right now. Before we dedicate this building, I want to say this. The, the place that we need to say, I will first, the first I will is I will to Jesus. Amen. And that's making him the Lord and Savior of your life. That's what it means, is making him the Lord and Savior of your life. And so what I want to ask you to do, that question today, is there's a prayer on the bottom of this program. It says, the prayer to become a Christ follower. Today, if you want to make him the Lord of your life, if you want things, if you need God, you want God's favor in your life, it starts with accepting his son. And so there's a prayer right there. I'd like for you to pray that prayer silently. You don't have to pray it out loud. It's between you and God. But the only thing I ask you to do is on the back of this card, it has a next step. It says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. Because we believe on this dedication day that some of you are going to dedicate your life to Jesus and you're never going to be the same again. Amen? Amen on this dedication day. And what I'd like to do is, is on the back of your program or inside of your program, there's a prayer of dedication. I'd like for us, I would like to read that to you, and I'd like for you to just read along with me. And then we get down to the last paragraph, I'm going to ask you to read with me. 
Would you do this with me? Would you look at it? It says this. Dear God, today we come to you aware that by your hands this building is being provided. Can somebody say amen? amen? As we gather in this place, we commit ourselves to be good stewards of this gift. This will be a place where we connect with you and your family. This will be a place where our families and friends will learn to grow in your character, Almighty God. This will be a place where we will serve in your church for generations to come. This building will be a place where we share the saving message of Jesus Christ that every generation will have an opportunity for a better life. Can you say amen, somebody? Would you read this last part with me? Let's read it together from your heart. We recognize that you are our provider and every perfect gift comes from you. We dedicate ourselves and this building to you for your purpose and honor. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. 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 Let's give God a hand. Hallelujah. Lord, we dedicate this building to you. We dedicate ourselves to you. Lord, this is a place for our sons and our daughters, oh Lord. And you're bringing them home. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the people in our community, God. This is a church for our community to let them know that when they think nobody cares, oh God, that we'll be the one to put our arms around them. We'll be the one to love them, oh God. The outcast, the down, the rich, the poor, Lord. We are here for all. And God, we ask you today that you would let your divine favor continue to flow in this place and on this place and on these people. We realize this building is only a building. But God, the people inside of this building have a heart for you. And I pray, God, that you would bless every family as they walk in and out the doors of this church, oh God, that you would let your Holy Spirit walk into their workplace, walk into their schoolways, oh God, and they would know that there's a God in heaven and that life there's hope, oh God, and that we will be the people of Almighty God and we will stand with you and for you, oh God. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.